I now realise that that is for love of the game. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, like, listener, like, Field of Dreams is an obscure one. There's so many great movies uh, that we could have chosen. Uh, we chose Field of Dreams because I'm in a situation right now where it's really difficult for me to get hold of uh, White Man Can't Jump. Uh, it's difficult for me to get hold of, I don't know, uh, even from Rocky movies, actually. Yeah. Um, so I go to um, this little uh, DVD shop, which for some reason is incredibly cheap, like $2 per DVD. They're not that good a quality for some reason, uh, <laughs> and, but they just happen to have Field of Dreams. So that's why we've ended up with uh, Field of Dreams. It's, uh, it's, it's one of uh, a, a list of uh, kind of sport movies that I'm able to get my hands on at this point in my life. Yeah. My- um, but also, speaking of Kevin Costner, how you got him confused with that, I, I was thinking the same thing about how many sport movies is this guy in? Is he like our... Um, is he our mascot? Is, is Kevin Costner the patron saint of Pokai? <laughs> yeah, well, he is in the sense of like, he's in a lot of sports movies and they're all shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we do a lot of podcasts and they're all crap. Yeah, he's like, and we played a lot of sports and we were... And we're crap. also shit. Yeah. And we're also shit at them. So I do think he is the patron... The patron saint of Pell Kai's is Kevin Costner. I remember um, watching Tin Cup as a kid, but I don't uh, remember much about it. <laughs> yeah. No, Kevin Costner is like an actor for me. He's like, I know he's in a lot of things, but I can't really ever remember them. He's that kind of a guy. He kind of like mm-hmm. fades into obscurity. Um, and then just Waterworld. He's like, he was a little... Waterworld. Yeah, he was like a little bit before our time, actually, in, in some yeah. ways. But um, yeah, Field of Dreams, if... Um, I would describe it as if John Edwards from Crossing Over with John Edwards <laughs> wrote a sports movie, this would be okay. it. <laughs> like, this is the sports movie that John Edwards would write. Um, and something tells me, Dale, that if you know John Edwards was here, he'd get a sense that you're feeling... Mm, I think you're feeling a bit like this movie is uh it starts with uh, fucking shit maybe that would be something something like that (laughs) you know you know me too well um so i mean like it's always a it's a movie that i doesn't don't that i don't like always the first thing to come out of my mouth is horrible dialogue who speaks like this from the opening seconds of this movie where he has his monologue like first, firstly, like I mean, the dialogue feels like it was written by by a bad high school poet to me. Um, yeah. And then it's just the opening dialogue is his opening monologue is just like no one actually talks like that. And the things that he was saying, like oh, my major was the '60s and I learned to play sitar. It's like this person is unbearable. It's only 20 <laughs> seconds into this movie and I already don't like you, Kevin Costner. I'd rather I'd rather watch monumental flop, Waterworld, than, than keep... Yeah, but, but, you know... And, and I think that dialogue just kind of carries out through the movie where I just, like... It, it just rings out, like... A, like it just clangs to, against my ears like pots and pans uh, when, I, when I hear these sort of things that people don't actually say. People don't talk like that. Um, yeah. And it just drove me crazy. Um, so that was, I guess, my... my one of, one of my gripes with, with this movie but um, you're much more um, eloquent and nuanced than I am on, on this side of things what did you think? oh no I'd, I'd say it was fucking shit I really didn't like <laughs> I really didn't like this movie um, I mean everybody as you were saying like your thing is bad dialogue I think um, things that I'm particularly sensitive to um, mm-hmm. are timings of a film um, so if things happen too slowly or too quickly, I get particularly annoyed. 
This movie, um, he's hearing voices within four minutes, and by ten- I was about to say to you, that's actually one thing that I liked about this movie. Oh, I got um, to the point. <laughs> it, it, it is exactly sixteen minutes to the second uh, that the 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 whole field is built. It's like all of a sudden, bang! <laughs> I didn't have because I mean, I went, I like, I heard this first twenty seconds. I'm like, I'm not gonna like this movie at all. At least yeah. we got to the point early. That's what I guess one of the redeeming features for me is watching this. Is like, all right, cool. We, yeah, good. Like fifteen minutes in, and we, we built the field. Okay, now we can get on with the story. I don't have to listen to this this dude kind of carry on anymore. Yeah, yeah. But as you were saying, like you, that was for a movie that you didn't like. Um, <laughs> for, for a movie that's meant to be good, like you're meant to develop the characters. There's meant to be some kind of like by as you said by sixteen minutes, he'd he'd already built the field. It's like if I was hearing voices in a cornfield, I think I would take at least half an hour of the movie to get to the point where. I'm building this thing because it's mm-hmm. it's not a normal thing. Um, yeah, and I think that's like probably my next gripe with this movie is Ray's motivations for for building this field. Um, aside from the obnoxious monologue, we're giving no transition into um, uh, if you build it, he will come. To him waking up in the middle of the night and being. I have to build a field to get Shoeless Joe Jackson to come. Like, he could have said anything. There is no, like, there is nothing to. Like, that came out of nowhere, like, for me. Unless you knew what this movie was kind of about and, um, you know, you pay particular attention to him talking about, like, you know, his, um, you know, the, the baseball stars in, in, in the opening part. It's just, like, where did that come from? Like, where, what, why would that make any sense to anyone? Like, it, that is a reason to turn the movie off, essentially, <laughs> for me. Yeah. But, I had to, but I had to, you know, I'd only watched, like, six minutes, for, in six minutes of it at that point, so I wasn't allowed to do that. Yeah, basically what you're saying is you only watched this movie because we were talking about it. You were just talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and I guess, like, more on his motivations. When, when he starts talking, like, he says, oh, you know, like, the reason he thought he'd never done a spontaneous thing in his life. Except for buy a farm when he wasn't a farmer. <laughs> like, which he only just done. That's, that's one of the main points that I got from the introduction. That's hugely, hugely um, spontaneous. Like, that's not something that you and I could do. Or maybe it's a sign of the times, like... Could we buy a farm and make it work? Um, I would say no. I would say about buying a bar. Yeah, but that's different. That's much more in our wheelhouse, I think. Buying a farm is like Mm -hmm. actual proper work. I don't think we'd we'd be cut out for it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, and Kevin Costner's Brian Kinsella is a is a history major from from Berkeley. Uh, Grew up in Chicago and lived apparently most of his life in LA. He didn't even know where, where Iowa was. Yeah. And he's going to buy a farm. That's incredibly spontaneous right. to me. His, his raised motivations uh, are completely illogical to me. And, and like you said, they didn't give it enough time to really let, let the audience in on anything. So it just felt ridiculous. Well, you, you raise a good point because the whole thing about this movie is um, it's kind of like belief for belief's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it's kind of... It's not meant to be logical people or people who want to be logical, like you and I. We're, mm-hmm. we're never going to like this film because it's like if I heard voices in a cornfield, I, I'd be absolutely freaked out and just never want to talk about it again. It's meant to he, he be. Goes to the, he goes to the uh, corn, like goes to like uh, the, the the farming produce. What do, you, what do you call it? I'm not a farmer. The place shop where you buy things for farm. <laughs> he goes to shop where you buy things for farm, and, and and he starts talking to people about it. Yeah, I know. Like, what the hell? <laughs> 
I mean, like, yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, I'd be keeping that one to myself. <laughs> like, I would yeah. definitely not tell people I was hearing the corn but, speak to me. But no. on top of that, did the corn speak to me? <laughs> on top of that as well, there's there's this whole like inconsistency with. With, with how it, like, that is addressed within the movie as well. Like, I didn't know if, like, everyone could see the ghost or no one could see the ghost because it was, everyone sort of just it plays was, along. So, so yeah. it was people who, who believed could see the ghosts. Oh. That was how I interpreted see, that. And that's why I was like, okay, oh, that's this, is all, right. mm. this is all about belief. And it's like, how stupid are people who don't believe? It's, it, yeah. That's what I didn't like about this film. Because yeah. see, that, uh, mm. I like realism in films. Like, you can have a film in a different galaxy... Even mm. far, far away. It can be in Middle Earth. But it's not, if it's contained within its own world and I can believe that in that world it makes mm. sense, I'm completely mm. on board. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But I know that ghosts in cornfields don't tell you to make baseball fields in Iowa. And I just find it just... I just don't have the imagination, the personality, or the want to believe that this is even remotely possible. And I kind of find it really hard to engage... For that reason, <laughs> so I don't, I don't mind that so much. I don't mind that, and so and, that, and then so after a while, like okay, so the, so the family can see the, these ghosts. All right, cool. Family can see the ghosts. Um, so I got to like have this suspension of, of disbelief or whatever you call it. Um, so this is a universe where that sort of magic can happen. Uh, but then we kind of meet the rest of the family, and they can't see it, and they don't believe it, and they're like, so, all right, so so this is actually an obscure thing. Like them seeing ghosts in the cornfields is a crazy thing. Um, but you know the wife is still asking like oh the ghost you know like that is still not fully on board yeah um, she's legitimately seeing ghosts and she's still like what you heard another voice like she's shocked by this <laughs> like, like there's yeah. just no consistency yeah um, I mean it's, it's one thing to build a baseball field in your backyard I think that's cool that's like um, you know it's building a half pipe in your backyard or that's like when when Truman put a, a bowling bowling lanes in the White House I think that's gnarly but it's it's another thing to sit there and expect ghosts to happen and to watch them and the the fact that there was no consistency in in that and and it just it frustrated me actually it made me really frustrated yeah I, I just couldn't get on board the whole premise I found it quite hard to to get on board. Has there ever been a time in your life where you have felt like the crazy person or like everyone I felt like the crazy person <laughs> <laughs> or it's like everyone is telling you like Dale you're wrong or like no you're insane well not so much wrong I mean there was a there was a a, a kind of long minute <laughs> uh, I guess in my mid 20s where where like that was kind of the running gag you know how like in our group everyone's like there's like the gag of like where everyone was made into caricatures and, and you know that's how I guess friends are <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, like that. And so like, Dale was like the crazy one. Um, but I, I never made any sense to me. So it'd be like, so the kind of jo- running joke would be like, oh, Dale, like, uh, you know, what are you going to do with that beer? Pour it on your head? <laughs> crazy. Uh, I, like, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe like, I always found myself just kind of straight. It makes no sense to me. I don't know. So you're trying to tell me that you're the crazy person that doesn't understand why everyone thinks they're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, like, that's, that should give me anxiety, but, like, I, I think I, just, I, I suffered it for long enough. It's like, all right, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that, that's me. Yeah, okay, it's cool. old hat for you, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I find that I get... Um, this movie made me realise that I get particular, particularly anxious if I'm, mm. I'm like, did anyone else see that? And everyone's like, no. But what? No, no, no. It, like, someone saw that, right? I find it very... I get really anxious because it's like the idea that my eyes are deceiving me or my ears are deceiving me or my brain is deceiving me. It's like, 
Look, that's all I've got. If I can't trust them, then... <laughs> you can't sing or dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like, if, if I can't trust my brain, then that, it's fucking, it's game over. So I, I find that I'm like naturally quite anxious about that kind of stuff. So it was funny when... Um, uh, I've forgotten his name. Kevin Costner's character, uh, Ray Kinsella, right. um, and he's building mm-hmm. the farm. And it's kind of like a montage. And then you have the the Hicks in the background going, he's a fool, he's going to lose his farm. (laughs) (laughs) I found that quite funny. I I really liked that that bit, yeah. Yeah. There were three scenes, three really great scenes in this. uh, Three three scenes and one theme, I think, uh, that I really enjoyed and that I did get from this. Um, And I'm going to go through them one at a time. So I think the the, the scene where he first meets... um, so, so he finally beats this field, and um, Shoeless Joe Jackson is the first one to, to arrive and just starts kind of hanging out there by himself. Um, and, uh, and Kevin Costner goes out there and, you know, hits some balls to him, or um, Shoeless Joe Jackson asks him to hit some balls to him, and he, he messes the, the first one up. Yeah. I think that was like, it was, like, very human. I, I kind of like that. I kind of watched it. I'm like, okay, that's a little bit, a little bit of redemption there. Um, the second scene is where he takes Terrace Mann to the, to the baseball and he goes on a rant um, when he says, what do you want? And, uh, um, and then they find themselves at the front of like a little kiosk and he says, no, I mean, what do you want? I thought it was really funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the third thing that I really like isn't really the movie, but where uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson, um, who's played by Ray Liotta, um, makes a gag about not inviting Ty Cobb. And then he lets out that like amazing Ray Liotta laughter, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. like like from Godfather. Like, ah! <laughs> um, I really like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, same. I really. Th- that's that. basically like the three redeeming themes uh, from from this movie. But he, there's a point where he just finishes at that 16 minute point. He finishes the field, and then he's like, "This is so like illogical," and that kind of like talking about sports as illogical. And I know when it's kind of the lights are behind him, and he's on the field, and he's just built this. I don't know, that kind of, like, struck me a little bit. Like, sports are terribly illogical. They're like kids' games that people yeah. dedicate their lives to. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, and, that, but, that's true. You know, but we strive, we follow people to strive and achieve these highly personal goals over whole over lifetimes. And I don't know, just something about the way he's like, this is illogical. Like, yeah, like, man, like, professional sports are illogical, and it's the best. I, li- <laughs> I like that. And so, like, there's a couple yeah. of points in the movie where it's a bit romantic like that, where, where like, Shoeless Joe just goes, like, Man, I love this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I kind of get that. I, I sort of, you know, kind of. Yeah, 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 man. Like sports are awesome. So I think that's the thing. Like, like I said uh, at the start, this is kind of a different to the, uh, the sports movies we usually get behind. Like the the montages in this movie were him going to the library looking for Terrence Mann. Yeah. Um, I I do think it's like got a real romantic sort of edge to it oh totally um, this, yeah, yeah which, which I think is the redeeming thing for it I've been watching um, Ken Burns' baseball documentary a bit recently which kind of you know makes you like like love the game of baseball like wow this is probably the best game ever invented and it's a kids game um, so that's the kind of the redeeming things for this this movie I think I knew you were going to mention Ken Burns baseball mm. <laughs> as soon as I was like Dar's going to talk about <laughs> baseball because it's definitely a love it this movie, other than being written by John Edwards, is uh, it's, <laughs> it's a love letter to a lot of different things. It's a love letter yeah, to yeah. America. It's a love letter to mm-hmm. baseball. It's a love letter to the 60s. Yeah, the um, 60s as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel as though we missed out on completely being born in the 80s. It's like we don't, anyone who was in the 60s was, too young, was probably too young and 
We never really got to connect yeah. with that era, which made me a bit sad. Would, would we have connected with the 60s, or would we have been the woman asking to have um, boat rocker banned from schools? I think the um, 60s is... So we, 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 we have been 250s and a 70s. <laughs> I was going to say I, I, that was a great line. That was a brilliant line in the PTA meeting. I don't know because I think because we're kids of the 80s, I think it's so foreign to us. But I think I like the idea yeah. of just fucking letting it all hang loose. <laughs> I think, yeah. you know, I'm probably less uptight than a lot of people today. I think, you know, out of anyone... You can learn sitar. <laughs> yeah, I could walk around naked for a few weeks. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I would have at least liked to have given it a go. That's what I w- would say about the 60s. Um, but and, and speaking of uh, reminiscing about another era, like this movie is, and at the end it even says it in um, James Earl Jones's speech. It's like a love letter to nostalgia itself, and like mm-hmm. how great it is to be nostalgic about stuff. Like he, he mm-hmm. says something like, um, "It shows us all that has been good and what could be good again," or something like that. So yeah, yeah. it's even like riffing on how great reminiscing is. I know what you mean about it's a kid's game because um, yeah. seeing the, the White Sox in their uniforms made them look... Because uh, they're, they're so different to what sportsmen wear now. They were so mm. bib, so baggy, almost like they mm. were kids wearing clothes too big for them. Yeah, and it, yeah. And it did, make, it did reinforce that this is a kid's game. Um, mm. And also I was thinking at the end, right, um, where he's having uh, a game of catch with his dad. Mm. His dad, yeah. Um, Because, you know, I think you're the same. I'm pretty into sports. Like, I've never Mm. been one of those people who... You know how some people just don't like sports and they can't... They don't understand the point of it. They're just like, I don't get Mm. it. It's stupid. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I've never been that person. No matter... Even if it's a sport I don't particularly like, I all still like it um, Mm -hmm. on some level. But watching people throw a ball to each other over and over for no reason whatsoever other than throw the ball <laughs> made me realise how those you people like feel. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is the most pointless fucking thing in the world, watching people throw a ball to each other for no other reason than for throwing the ball. So this movie made me connect with people who hate sports as well. Well, I guess there's not the same... Um, there's not the same uh, culture in, in cricket where you'll just throw a cricket ball to each other, will you? No, not at all. Mm. The only Australian equivalent is you might kick the football to each other. Um, yeah, yeah, well, that was just a bit different, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, what you were saying about uh, Ray Liotta's laugh, that was amazing mm. uh, when he did that laugh. Um, even though it probably <laughs> broke character a little bit. Um, then it yeah. was just. The problem with Ray Liotta is when I look at him, I can only see a gangster. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of his problem. But something else I liked is how cool were the nicknames in the film, like Shoeless Joe Jackson what? and Moonlight. Yeah, but they're like real. That's a real thing, though. I like, know. And if you do know. watch Ken Burns' baseball, every player had like a. <laughs> every, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess like that. That's one thing about this movie as well. If you talk about, there is a big history element to it, which is more than any movie you watch. I mean, it's not a biopic. It's not a, but it you know it does kind of draw a lot from you know because it's based on a book it does pull a lot from from real uh from real people um uh it kind of put me in a weird position though because i'm i'm always the first to kind of shut down nerds who will um give a shit about 
accuracy in film. You know, there was a, yeah. that short, you know, minute where like, you know, Martian, Interstellar, and Gravity all came out, and people talking about like the reality of, of what was happening. It's like, oh, you couldn't do that, you couldn't do that. Mm. Shut up, dude. It's a movie. Like, shut up. But I, I watching this, I'm just like, I wonder if that's right. Oh, I don't know if that's incorrect. You know, right? You know, I start thinking about the like, historical um, truth to it, which made yeah. me kind of feel like a bit of a hypocrite. I didn't like that. What? What? Because I know the White Sox. They did throw the World Series, didn't they? Uh, yeah, some of the players did, yeah. Yeah, because they, they reference it in The Great Gatsby as well. So that, I mean, that element was true. I know Shoeless Joe Jackson mm-hmm. was definitely a player, but I don't know if... He was a player, and yeah, there is some contention about whether he is... Um, uh, he was actually guilty. Uh, um, right. Some sort of suggest yes, some suggest no. There was a... Um, what I understand, there was a, a kind of a campaign last year to have his name uh, you know, cleared from those books because oh, um, right. now he can't get into the he's like the third the third highest uh, batting average of all time um, and he can't get into Hall of Fame right so he was he was really good I didn't, I didn't realise mm-hmm. that yeah. he was shit hot yeah I mean um, it, would, it would suck if you went for a team and they did really really well and, but then you found out that they threw a World Series I can that would absolutely. Apparently, you had to do with with pay, with pay stuff. Like they were being paid, you know, up for shit. So, yeah, yeah. have um, have you ever cheated in any sport or um, any way? Shape not or in any sport. I probably all offers considered. Oh right, I, feel about <laughs> I, ha- I haven't, but maybe I would. <laughs> Open for business, perhaps. <laughs> well, I'm not good enough at sport. I'm not really good enough at sport to to cheat I don't think like I'm, I'm, I'm no shoeless Joe Jackson it's just like yeah. Dale's probably going to lose the World Series anyway let's, <laughs> let's save our money like, like an ex-partner of mine was a real brain box she was real, real bright and she liked playing um, uh, like Scrabble you know like on the on the apps like on the phones oh, yeah. and um, I couldn't for the life of me ever get anywhere near like close to her score but she didn't know that we would play like most days because it made her happy yeah. and she enjoyed it. Um, but I would cheat all the time. All the time I would cheat. <laughs> little did she know that. Little did she know she was actually playing dictionary.com. <laughs> yeah, she was playing dictionary.com and doing very well. Um, yeah. But I, you know, so like, I mean, so like, I, I don't feel bad about cheating in that sense. I'm sure she, she, she knew she might. Um, but, but I don't feel bad about that. Well, should I? Should I feel bad about that? Well, you're cheating for a greater purpose there. Um, yeah, I think it's a good cause. Yeah. I mean, it could leave you with egg on your face, though, if she found out, which she will now, <laughs> if, if, if she's listening to this. Uh, I mean, she may not care anymore, but yeah. Um, no, I see, I see what you mean. A credit to, a credit to her skills uh, at Scrabble. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, just credit to mine. It, I mean, I'm crap at those games too, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, whenever I play those games, I'm just like, oh, life's too fucking short. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what used to work. I don't know what words to use when I do need the words, let alone when I'm just playing a game. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you've got some kind of principles to your cheating because you wouldn't do it in a tennis yeah, sport. Yeah. You're, is what you're saying. Or, or, or if it would have, or, you know, let people down. But I don't, I don't feel like I was letting people down by, by, by cheating against them in, in what games. I thought I was going to lose that anyway. What about you? Do you are you a, would you get away with cheating? Um, are you a cheater? Um, yeah. I've never cheated in sports. Um, mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, I see. I don't think it was cheating, but I definitely got treated like I was a cheater. Um, there was an art competition at school, and. Um, basically I cheated in an art competition Um, (laughs) so I was like maybe 11 at the time and um, so 
like all you did like your drawings and you put it in the uh the, the gym and then the idea was that people went around and put like five cents in uh, for the the piece of art that they liked mm-hmm. the most and then the one that mm-hmm. got the most money won mm-hmm. so I just told all my mates to go to the canteen mm-hmm. got their dollars exchanged for five cent coins <laughs> and put the five cents in mine and That's the same amount of money, though. Yeah, I know. What? So, mine won because basically I told all my mates to put the money in, um, not from the integrity of the art. And so... Te- oh, yuck. So... <laughs> <laughs> And some teachers found out that that's what happened, and they came down on me like a house of bricks. I remember they were just like, "What you did was despicable, Jack. You've you've despicable, com- despicable. You've compromised uh, the integrity of art and the competition. Um, you ruined art. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously there was these kids who did like these really great drawings, and you had mine. It was like a stick figure with a wang or something." <laughs> And it had all the money. I remember that my mates put so much in that the, the, the sachet had fallen to the ground because it was just all five cent pieces. It was like ridiculous. <laughs> but I, I mean, my logic was, well, it was the most amount of money won and you didn't say I couldn't do it. But who knows? It, it was a moral gray area. Smarter, smarter than uh, your art teacher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was just more uh, Wall Street than my, uh, my, my teacher at the time. So. Yeah. Um, when you were... When you were talking about um, just before about yeah, some people who like sports, some people who don't, um, I was it reminded me of a conversation I was having with my mum recently about about sport and how we kind of played a lot of sports. And I think like you and I kind of have like, and I definitely have like played basically every organised sport that's possible that was possible in our city growing up. Yeah. And I think the whole time because I got kind of like I guess above average starting ability at most things, most sports included. But I don't stick with them when to put in the effort to actually get good at them. I think I just try different things and wait to be incredibly gifted at things. <laughs> yeah. And I was talking to my mum about that. We were just like, she's like, yeah, because my dad was quite uh, quite an athlete, you know, in his younger days, not so much now. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people in my family are like world class at what they do, or a couple of my, my family world class what they do. You know, sort of a little bit like district level players. You know, like cousins and stuff like that. And she's like, yeah, we used to take you out to you know, play all these new sports. And then it's like, oh, now I want to do indoor cricket. Now I'm going to play, you know, do swimming. And she said, we took all these things and just waiting for you to find the one that you'd be good at. But it just never happened. <laughs> and the way she said it was so, like, disappointing. Like, my, my, my dad wasn't disappointed. It was like my mum was, like, crushed that I, that I was rubbish at sports. The one sport, quote-unquote sport, that I always thought was, like, surely I could, if I just ex- exerted enough time, could be good at it, is bowling. Like, how can you not be good temp-in? at that? Yeah, temping bowling. How could yeah. you not be good at that? Um, yeah, well, I guess the, the, the thing about temping bowling is there's no one to stop you from doing what you're doing like yeah. every other sport I can think of almost except maybe golf <laughs> apart from yourself like the elements apart from yourself yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the only one stopping me but yeah like so bowling like if you just get it sorted but, but I'm not really I say that but I'm not really good at bowling I don't, again I, I don't have the attention span to be able to play like I can do like six frames or seven frames and I'm like um, peace now oh, I was going to say um, at the end when the daughter is choking on a hot dog uh-huh. um, do you remember we were bowling 
um, we would have been about 16 or 17, and you did the Heimlich on me because I was choking on a hot dog. No, but I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds you, like You it. totally saved me <laughs> from choking well, on a hot dog. That's the way to keep the, that's the, way to keep the game interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I was losing, Dale's losing. Dale's not paying attention. He's losing interest. Better, better deep throw this. Better deep throw this mustard dog. Deep throat this and, uh, and, uh, and I'll, I'll bring you back to life. No, I don't remember, but you're very welcome. Yeah, no, I, I saw that. I was like, I, I should thank Dale. I've enjoyed the years of life since. Um, <laughs> so thanks for that. And also, can you imagine, it's like, how did Jack die? He died choking on a hot dog. Wrapped choking on a hot dog. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You'd be like a local legend, like in a, like you know, like a, like like the like the girl who jumped off the um, the high diving board at the uh, aquatic center and 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 uh, and her and like split her chest open or whatever happened, you know, whatever the you'd be like an urban legend. Wow, that sounds much more graphic than choking on a no, hot dog. Although I'm, I would imagine choking on a hot dog, like the, the 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 last few seconds would be horrific. Just the realization of how you're going. The, oh, this this is it. This is how it's going to happen. All right. That, that reminds me. You know what I. I asked you before people think you're crazy like has that ever happened to you Mm. I don't think that has ever happened to me but an instance where I think people are absolutely crazy and it makes no sense to me maybe you Mm. can help me out on this um, Mm. kind of has to do with like imminent death it's Mm -hmm. it's when people hear a fire alarm and they don't leave the building that makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever like there's a ch- but you've you've worked in like like government you know all that bullshit like there's fire drills like every it, it's time out of my day Jack there's, there's, I don't leave the building if there's a fire drill I'm not leaving like I'll, I'll wait until I'm told to leave that makes no but sense to me a, so there's a system there's an automated system in place to stop you from being in, in captured by flames and killing you and because I think you're using the uh, automate the word automated very very appropriately but okay continue alright there's an alarm that is mm-hmm. Alerting you that you are in potential danger. Oh, you mean the alarm itself, not the actual system. Okay. Well, but no, when there's a drill, it's not potential danger. Who gives a fuck? If you hear a fire alarm and you don't know it's a drill, why would you just sit around for? I would put money on that it's a drill. Like there's. But why? Why wouldn't you just leave straight away? Because there's a. Because I'm I'm working. But there is now a chance that you are surrounded by flames. Why wouldn't you? I'm pretty sure I know if your own life, you fucking idiot. This is what I don't understand. Because there's no fire. There's no fire there. How do you know that? What's the point of having an alarm if no one believes it? Why would you risk your life at all? I charge by the hour, Jack. I charge by the the minute, beg your pardon, my last job. What the fuck am I going to leave if someone wants me to do like my third practice walk down this set of stairs and go outside for 10 minutes while we count you of the month? Like, it's it's a waste of my time. No, well, because it could potentially be an alarm telling you that you're in danger and you could die. Isn't that? But this is what I don't get. This is a good enough reason for me to stop sipping my latte, to stop writing the email, and just leave. I don't get it. Well, we'll agree to disagree on that one. I was um, in a Gloria <laughs> jeans. <laughs> I was in a Gloria jeans, right? And I had my headphones in. This is funny. I'm, I'm continuing my rant, but trust me, this is funny. <laughs> right, here we go. Yeah. I was in a Gloria jeans and I was listening to music or something, and I couldn't hear the the fire alarm going. But I could see on this guy's face, he was looking around really weirdly. I'm like, what's he doing? 
And I took my headphones off and I heard the fire alarm. And as you know, I have a clear policy on such things. <laughs> right? So I hear the fire alarm. I just bolt out of there. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not dying <laughs> sipping a latte, right? And as I'm leaving I'm, the door, no one else has moved at all. <laughs> and I turn around and the guy who was looking at me, he's kind of like half in, half out of his seat. He doesn't know what to do. And he's looking around really confused. <laughs> like I know something that no one else does. <laughs> like this isn't a drill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. you lit the fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might just finish off with, with this one. I just want to talk about, I guess, the main, one of the main themes that kind of made me think when I was watching um, Field of Dreams was meeting your heroes because that's kind of, you know, like meeting Shilis Joe and uh, both um, Ray and, and his wife, um, Annie, their favourite writer is uh, Terrence Mann. Yeah. Um, and they, they end up meeting him. Um, I just kind of thinking about what I, what I would do if I met my hero, whoever that is, I didn't know how to think. But I was thinking about celebrities I've met. Um, and probably the best experience I ever had meeting a celebrity was when I didn't get to talk to them and I saw Stephen Kernahan <laughs> out the front of... Um, at the front of the Hilton Hotel, former uh, Adelaide, Carlton and I, full forward and Glenelg full forward, um, yeah, an Australian football great. And I yelled out "Hey Sticks" to him, and he looked. <laughs> uh, he didn't wave, but he looked. I waved. Uh, I was there with, uh, with with close friend Ryan and, and my girlfriend at the time, and yeah. we saw Stephen Kernahan, and <laughs> it was excellent. I think that's the best, the best that could have gone. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, the, oh no, actually, I think that made me think of another one. Actually, yeah. Um, there's this band that I really liked uh, as a as a kid. Um, you know, when I was in the, that will remain nameless, and um, you know, a bit of a goofy band, punk band, and uh, I liked them when I was in high school. I'll make this quick, and um, <laughs> uh, and uh, I thought when I was like, you know, my mid twenties, I was like, ah, like they're playing, you know, this show is pretty cheap. Uh, I'm going to go and watch them. It was at a big place. It was like at HQ, so I don't know that's like a big. A big venue, yeah, yeah Adelaide yeah, bands, yeah. and and like this band was playing, and it was fun just watching them, kind of being nostalgic and remembering what was, mm. and uh, they because they, they're a goofy band, they do this bit uh, in in their set where they um they call someone up on stage, yeah, and so like the kind of, they put on the house lights and be like, oh hey you you with the with the grey shirt, come on up here, come on man, come on up here, and I'm like me, I like point myself, and everyone around is like, yeah man, it's you, it's you, like ah. Oh. This will be dumb. Like, I spent yeah. a couple of, you know, a couple, like, you sure, man? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's you. Yeah, what are you waiting for? Come up here. It would have been like 30 meters from the stage, you know? So I fucking walk up there, and the security guard helps me out. And I get up there. I walk up, and, you know, the, the uh, lead singing slash guitarist is like, you know, facing away from me, like getting a pick or tuning up or something. I, I put my arm, this is in front of like a packed, you know, like probably <laughs> thousand capacity. Put my arm around this guy, around the lead singer of this band, in front of like, you know, the Adelaide scene, and he looks at me, turns to me, and goes, who the fuck are you? Not you. I wasn't pointing at you. I was, <laughs> I was pointing at the other guy behind you. I said grey shirt. I was wearing like a white shirt. He's like, get the hell off the stage. I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, get the, hell, get the fuck off the stage. And it turns out there's this bit they do where they get like an old man up. Well, I thought I was pretty old. Actually, he said, you're not old enough. They get like an old man up and like a young girl. They dance together. It was kind of like a, a bit of a gross thing. Um, and again, that's another situation where I thought that is the best that could have possibly gone. Um, because I idolised this band. That's, I, this band put out like an album you know, when I was like 14 that was like made me care about music. Um, that's the best that could have gone as well. Yeah, yeah. That's like um, Shoeless Joe going up to Ray Cancillo. It's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I would have much rather have seen that movie as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean... My only celebrity story um, is that's of interest at all is um, mm-hmm. Eddie Redmayne. 
Um, he. I don't know who that is. He, uh, the theory of everything. He was. The, he played Stephen Hawking. Uh, right, he right, was right. Uh, the guy in the Danish Girl. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a British actor. He won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was walking down a street near where I lived in London, and um, it was quite a rich street. And mm-hmm. there was a Mercedes, and they were parking on the side of the road, but they got way too close to the side of the road, and mm-hmm. they scraped their rims all on the gutter. Mm. Yeah. Yes, right. So what I did was I looked in to the car and made that exact like face and sound. <laughs> I went, Ooh. And, and it was a woman driving and next to her was Eddie Redmayne pulling the exact same face. <laughs> I then like, I had a bit of a surreal moment. I'm like, fuck, was that ready yet? Redmayne agreeing with me? And then like, I kind of like, I walked slower than normal just to check it was him. And yeah, it was ready. It was Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, we had a moment of like, oh, that was shit driving. <laughs> so... <laughs> okay, well, let's just leave it there. I think I'm done with this movie. I've got only got bad things to say about it. Um, I, I did, um, I, I did like the romantic sports bits, um, yeah. and, and there were a couple of fun scenes in it. But on the whole, I, I didn't really um, get get the, the same thrill from it that I do from a lot of other sport movies. What's your um, What's your one liner? John Edwards wrote a sports movie. It has <laughs> lots of soppy piano work in it, um, and it's constantly got the whole how stupid are non-believers and I, I found it quite hard to get behind that said there are some funny scenes in it like uh, uh, what's his name Moonlight Graham every time he um, talks about um, if he's late his wife will think he's got a girlfriend I found that hilarious <laughs> with his huge moustache um, and I also found it funny that they thought the joke um, is this heaven no it's Iowa they say that like three times so there are some redeeming funny bits, but yeah, over- yeah. but overall, yeah, bit of a stinker. Overall, if you want a, if you want a movie about baseball um, and history and the romance of the game and sport in general, watch uh, all uh, twenty hours of Ken Burns's baseball documentary. Um, Next week, we're going to be watching White Man Can't Jump, the basketball movie starring Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. Uh, I can't wait because that's one of my favorite movies, so that's going to be fun for us. Um, despite us shitting on this movie uh, extensively this week, if you like what you heard, please review, leave a comment, or subscribe. If you disagree with us, get in contact uh, by pokehighpodcast at gmail.com, uh, Twitter, Instagram, pokehighpodcast, um, uh, be a mate, and all that. Uh, you know, tell someone else to listen to this. Uh, we'd really appreciate it, and it really helps us out a lot. Um, yeah, we'll leave it there. Thanks, guys. See you next week. See you guys. It's not like it's going to be the highlight of my life.